welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Jesus has changed my whole life. 
going to get started, but see, this is my favorite part. If anybody asks you, just who I am, you tell them that I am the deep. Well, y'all didn't leave it there. Because you said, our Father. You are holy. See, that word holy comes from the Greek term hagias, which tells us that our God is separate. Our God is put apart. Our, our God isn't like all the other little gods. Our God sits high and looks low. And since we serve a holy God, we've decided to give him glory. See, but y'all didn't leave it there. See, y'all brought, brought the mother up. And she came with her cane. But the best part was when she got, when it got good to her. That I've got a testimony. The Lord has been good to me. She started waving her cane around. See, it's like Jeremiah said. Sometimes it's like fire. Shut up in the door. And it won't leave you alone. I'm going to sing. So I guess I got something to do. <laughs> One last thing I'll highlight before we get started is I want to give a shout out to these youth ushers. start shaking. I know exactly what that feels like. You waiting for somebody to sub you out. But folks, let me tell you this. We have to celebrate our young people. Every chance we get. The Lord knows we always tell them what they're not doing. We need to tell them what they are doing. So God bless you all. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to your scripture this morning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'll be reading from verses 1 through 4. I know this was your anniversary scripture to highlight your pastor. And we will do our best to honor those wishes of the committee. Amen? It's always a blessing to have a committee. Somebody say amen for committees. Amen. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. If you have your Bibles, for you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our reception among you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been treated abusively in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. So we speak. 
not intending to please people. but to please God. God who examines our hearts. Thus ends the reading of our scripture this morning. You may have your seats. For the next few moments, friends, I will share with you from the subject, I've decided to keep going. I've decided to keep going. Brothers and sisters, I want to share with you that my life changed on the Damascus Road. See, there was a voice from heaven that arrested me in my tracks as I was on my way to persecute more Christians. And the voice asked me, why are you persecuting me? I was blinded by the light. But I did follow the instructions. And the instructions said to go to the street called Straight. And I would find a man named Ananias who could help me with my sight. I have to tell you that my life changed on that day. And to think, I thought I had it all figured out. I had gone to the best schools. I had studied to show myself approved. But there was something that I was missing. There was something that I was not getting right. And then it happened. You weren't there, but I'll tell you about it. It happened. The Lord called me. I think you may be familiar with the Lord. He said, I am, and I was, and I am to come. God called me. Even when I didn't think I was able, nor did I think I was adequate, God called me. I had done all the wrong things. I had gone all the wrong places. But on that day, in that place, God called me to the work. And so I've made a decision. I've made a decision that I will let go of the things of my past. And I've decided, I've decided, Pastor, to keep going. I've decided to keep preaching. I've decided to keep teaching. I've, I've decided to keep learning. I've decided to keep stretching myself. I've decided, saints, to, to keep going. I've decided to keep traveling where they need to hear about Jesus. I've decided to keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in both word and deed. Brothers and sisters, the way may not always be easy, but we must make a decision about who we are going to be. I've decided to keep going. Inherent in that sentence is you have the choice. Far too many Christians are blaming far too many things on Beelzebub. Far too many Christians are blaming far too many things on Satan. It's not always the devil's fault, amen. Sometimes we've decided to go the wrong way. Sometimes we've decided to go back to the abusive relationship. We've decided to make bad decisions, and then we look for the way out. Come on. Well, it was Satan's fault. No, it was, it was us getting caught up in the melody of our times. We must decide where we will go. Pastor Smith, it's been one year. I'm so excited for you. One year of joy. But joy that was not void of challenges. One year of funerals. And one year of weddings. And 
one year of blessing babies. It's been one year since you invited me to your installation and your celebration. One year of you all growing closer together as pastor and people, and you were learning as you were growing. You were learning how to trust one another. See, far too many pastors haven't learned this lesson. Folks don't really care what you know until they know that you care about them. Folks don't really know how, they don't really care how many languages you can speak and how many times you can translate if you're not going to come see about me, if you're not going to come spend time with me, because being a pastor demands that you love God and then love these people. Pastor Smith, I would encourage you in this celebration moment that you, like the Apostle Paul, decide to keep going. For there are many pastors, brothers and sisters, across denominational lines. You can look at Baptist churches. You can look at Methodist churches. You can look at Presbyterian churches. You can look at the holiness folks and in their churches. Yet there are many who are considering leaving the pastoral ministry. They've decided that the cost is too great. They've decided that I don't have the time. They've decided they're not making enough money. They've decided they haven't getting famous enough. They've decided that they're going to leave the pastoral ministry. Because both there are external and internal pressures when you are the professional Christian in the room. There are external and internal pressures when you are the one who is supposed to have the answers, when you are the one who is supposed to usher us into the presence of God, when you are the one who is supposed to bring the fresh word to the people every week, sometimes, for many, it can just be too much. And those that are like us, and those, there are those that like you, and there are those who may tolerate you. There are those that pray for you, and there are those outside who may be talking about you. See, these happenings in life of a local pastor demand that you make a decision each anniversary. Each time we stand and say it's been a wonderful year. Each time we stand and say you are a blessed man of God. Every year you must decide to keep going. We can internalize the words of the, the elders that raised us that I've made a decision. I've come too far to turn back now. I think y'all might know something like that. I don't know. Maybe you know this. I promised him that I, I'll serve him till I die. I'm on the battlefield for the Lord. Here in the beginning of 1 Thessalonians, we meet the Apostle Paul, whose life changed on the Damascus Road. And he is being forced to defend his character and his ministry to the Christians that are in Thessalonica. He's being forced to defend the work that he's done since God has called him. He's being forced to speak about his motives and why he's doing what he is doing. Now, let's be clear. Paul is not doing this because he is insecure about his ministry. He's not looking for folks to affirm the work that he's done. He's just trying to set the record straight about the God that called him to the work. 
And Paul is in this space and at every turn and at every corner, the folks are trying to discredit him, Pastor. They're trying to say that he is not who he said he is to be. He has dealt with some obstacles. If you'll note in your text, you will see in verse 2, but after we have suffered. Yes, see, sometimes yes, you must be ready to suffer for the sake of Christ. There are far too many of us that spend too much time on TBN believing what they're telling us. That this whole idea that there will be no obstacle because you follow in the Lord. Why do you think they said you are on the battlefield? Why do you think you are a soldier for the Lord? For there are those. If you read Acts 17, you'll be able to notice that when Paul was in Philippi, he said it like this. They rounded up some bad characters. And they formed a mob and they came and started a riot in the city. They were mad in Philippi because he was talking about Jesus. See, folks won't get mad if you just talk about sociology. Folks won't get mad if you talk about psychology. Folks won't get mad if you talk about history. But let you start talking about Jesus. Let you start talking about Jesus is the answer for the world today. Let you start talking about he can heal your body and Jesus can raise the dead. Start talking about Jesus. And see if they don't look at you strange. Start believing God and having radical faith. And believe that they'll look at you and say, I don't know if I believe all that. I've read the Bible, but I don't know if it's all true. But see, when you start talking about Jesus, that he can break addictions, that he can save the whoremonger, that he can break all these things in life, I tell you, I've decided to keep going. They started riding Philippi because he was talking about Jesus. They came and got him and Paul and Silas because he was talking about Jesus. They put him in jail. Because he was talking about Jesus. See, Paul hasn't forgotten the tough times of life. And I would encourage many of us, far too often we look to get too fast away from those obstacles in our lives. But have you realized that it is the obstacles that come to make you strong? Yeah. Have you realized that you don't have a testimony if you forgot about all the mountains he brought you over? You don't have a testimony if you forgot about all the valleys he brought you through. You don't have a testimony if you're always trying to move so fast past it. Paul says in the text, that I had some difficult moments in ministry, and Pastor Smith, that is the truth. The truth is that if we are doing our jobs well, yes, guess what? Someone might be rubbed the wrong way. Yes. If we are doing our jobs well, then someone might become agitated. Yes. If we are doing our jobs well, yes. then someone might be uncomfortable. Yes, See, I gotta say, and I like to say, if you can't say amen, say oh me. It's true anyhow. <laughs> But even if they start moving in their seats, and even if some folks get uncomfortable outside, decide to keep going. The complaints about Paul might look something like this. Paul has a police record, y'all. 
We don't think he's trustworthy. Paul is delusional. He believes that God can speak from the sky. Paul has impure motives. He just wants more followers on Instagram. Paul deliberately deceives others. Paul preaches to please others and not God. See, they talking about him. Paul's ministry is a mercenary. He never stays anywhere too long. Paul only wants personal glory. And Paul is almost a dictator. These are the things that they say about the apostle Paul. He suffered beatings in Philippi. He got folk talking about him in Thessalonica. But what does he do? He decides to keep See, he reminds the folks in Thessalonica, I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. This ain't the first time somebody said they ain't like me. This ain't the first time they tried to talk about me. This ain't the first time they rolled their eyes when I was preaching Jesus. This ain't the first time they let out a big ego. This ain't the first time they turned around. This ain't the first time they left out to go to the bathroom with their finger up because it was getting good to me. This ain't the first time. And through it all. Oh, I think y'all the church that know these words. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all. Do I have a testimony this morning? That some of you know what it is. That you didn't have anything to your left or your right, but through it all. Jesus saw you through. And what did you learn? I learned that if I can't depend on anybody else, I can trust in the Lord. My grandmother used to say down in Mississippi, I'll trust in the Lord, Houston, until I die. I've decided. Go and look at your Bible. So as Paul is discussing these matters to the church at Thessalonica, as he is sharing with them that these are the obstacles I've dealt with in Philippi and these are the obstacles I'm dealing with here, I want you to know that I continue to do my job. I continue to do my job. See, being a pastor is an all-encompassing proposition. You counsel people. You go see about people. You preach. You teach. You, you make sure that folks are doing well. You go to the hospital room. You bury people. You marry people. You bless babies. It's an all-encompassing vocation. Yet the most important thing you do is you preach the word. See, the issues of our time, saints, is that too many folks believe themselves to be the same. And we've identified our savior complex depending on where you went to school, or what type of car you drive, or where you live. You've established a savior complex because you have the most followers on social media or that the most folks know you. You've, you've started making the reels. You know, I learned about reels. I told my folks a while back, I ain't know folks was getting paid off of those things. I'm about to start reels too. 
But see, the most important thing you do, like you see with the Apostle Paul, is even though I've had these obstacles, I kept on preaching the gospel of God. For what the world needs now is Jesus. You look around the streets and you see the issues of our time. Folks need Jesus. You see the young folks, the old folks, and the folks in between acting a fool. Folks need Jesus. It's clear that our elected officials not doing much. It's clear that folks that are in certain positions of privilege are doing enough. So what they need is a pastor who will preach Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to my father except by me. Jesus said, I am the one who heals and feeds. I am the one who supplies all your needs. I am the one who stays your mind. The world needs Jesus. text says, Paul says, I dealt with some obstacles, but I decided to keep going. And I decided to keep doing my job because I had to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. How will folks get saved unless the preacher preaches? And not only that, the pastor's job is equipping you that you might preach yourself. That you might preach in your living room. That you might preach in your kitchen. That you might preach when you play a See, see, I don't live in South Philly, but my auntie lived not too far from here, so I would spend the weekend with my auntie and them. So when I talk about peanut, I'm not talking about somebody that don't know how to play. You got to use your opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, Paul realized that if you are going to be effective in this pastoral ministry, you must have courage. Let me look at y'all. We must have courage. See, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is that we will do it in spite of the thing. Everybody likes to be liked. Everybody likes folks to speak kind about them. Everybody wants to have friends, but sometimes this gospel ministry puts you in a space. When you decide you're going to keep going, it puts us in a space where it's uncomfortable where we must have the courage. And why is it that we need this courage? Because in ourselves we can't do it, but how many Christians I have in the house today who realize that in our weakness, 
His strength is made perfect. If you can do it by yourself, then why aren't you doing it? If you can do it by yourself, then why do you need the Lord? If you can do it by yourself, then you ought to be the Savior. You should have been on the cross. You should have been between the two thieves. But since we couldn't, Jesus decided to do it for us. And so when we find ourselves in those spaces, depend on the courage that comes from the Lord. Courage that you might walk worthy of the call of which you've been called. Courage that you might be the pastor that he called you to be. Courage that you are not seeking to please folk. But you are seeking to please God. See, as you decide to keep going and as you realize that there are some obstacles, as you recognize that there is a need for courage in your pastoral ministry life, keep your eye on the prize. Look to your neighbor, just say, keep your eye on the prize. See, they got all these other movies about the history of African Americans. Matter of fact, we got, we got a new holiday, Juneteenth. Y'all caught that, right? So now they, they dancing on stages and stuff. Like Juneteenth just happened. just got on. We just figured it out. You gotta, but there was a time when all you had was Black History Month and they played a few movies. They played Roots. They said, keep your eye on the prize. And maybe you got the Harriet Tubman story. Maybe. That was for y'all that had cable. In this pastoral life, Brother Smith, Pastor Smith, you have to keep your eye on the prize. And what does Paul say? I am doing all that I am doing. I'm dealing with the opposition that I've been given. I'm exhibiting courage in my life because I want to please God. The folk elected you as pastor, but the Lord called you as pastor. I'm looking to please God. The folk will stand up and cheer and clap. But are the angels standing and saying, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. I tell you, Brother Smith, we must continue to please God. Now, the thing is, how do you know that you're pleasing God? How do you know that you're doing what the Lord has instructed you to do? I believe that you must get into your word. And you are doing what the Lord has called you to do. You're preaching in season. And out of season. To reprove, rebuke, you are preaching the word. The word that gives life. You are seeing folks come to Jesus and realize that they too can be born again. You are doing the work that God has given you to do. You're pleasing. Pleasing God. And I believe, I believe, saints, that as we choose to please God, I believe that God's work will be done. The thing is, you never know who needs to hear about Jesus. You don't know who is dealing with what. 
You don't know whose husband just left or whose wife is not coming back. You don't know whose child has just been killed. You don't know whose situation doesn't have a job that they need. You don't know who's been trying to figure it out one day after the other. They crying themselves to sleep at night. So what should you do? Preach Jesus. Preach it in the morning. Preach it in the evening. Preach it at noonday. Preach Jesus. Preach it when they want to hear it. Preach it when they don't want to hear it. Preach Jesus. Preach it all the time because the Lord will be pleased with your service. I trust you decide, my friend, to keep on going. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord be. May his face shine upon you. And give you peace. As you rest on your feet, as you rest on your feet, When I first started preaching the gospel, I was nervous. And I still get a little bit nervous. Let me help somebody that may be online. This ain't for y'all that's in here. Maybe they online. The day it doesn't make you nervous when you say you're speaking for God. It's a dangerous proposition. When it turns into the, this is just what we do. But when you stand here and you are willing to say that I am speaking on behalf of the God of all creation. It should do something to you. But the thing that got me through that first year of pastoring, Pastor Smith, was that I don't have to be the Savior. Amen. I don't have to have all the answers. All I have to do is be smart enough to point to the one who does. If you've never received Jesus, I invite you to come right now. Now let me be clear about this. Folks don't talk about it too much anymore, but you gotta be born again. See, as we get progressive, we miss some of the things that make the most sense. You must be born again. What does that mean? That means that you recognize that we've missed it. And we're humble enough to come to Jesus who said, whosoever will, let them come. So maybe I'm talking to someone that's out there right now. Let me be clear about this. There's nothing you've done. There's no place you've been. There's no words that come out of your mouth that will stop Jesus from loving you. If you've never received Jesus, I invite you to come. From 2020 and 2021, I, I did over 30 years. did over 30 funerals and the only thing that got me through was that the folks that I buried 
they had a home that was not made by man's hand. Yes, if you don't know where you would go when this body leaves here. See, that's church. That's church. I invite you to come. Second, I've only been here twice, and both times Pastor Smith let me preach. But I do know this, if you want to be a member of a good church, come on and receive. Now I know the choir sings nice, the pastor looks nice, the deacons are great, but you know why I say y'all good? Because none is good but the Father. And so if you're in the Father, if you're in the Father, that means you're good. Come on and join this good church. Last but not least, if you want someone to pray with you, and hear what we say, pray with you. Connect our faith with your faith as we approach the throne of grace together. Why don't you come right now? The musicians will sing. The doors of the church are open. Let's who whosoever come, let them come.